Hello and welcome to Hyatt Report and this is your host Omar Hyatt. So today before I go into the topic I want to talk about um I just want to say if you've been listening to me or if you've been reading my blogs you would know that I usually talk about politics and I talk about things concerning human rights or human rights violations be it Syria be it Palestine or anywhere in the world um but today the the things that I want to talk about it's personal or at least it feels very personal um I grew up in Australia but I have Indian heritage so this is in a way so this makes me feel even more um heartbroken um so I, I today I want to talk about the ongoing persecution of Muslims in India um so we all know the whole world knows um that currently India is ruled by this ultra nationalist um right wing um hindutva government and some might argue that it is a fascist regime and it seems it seems that this regime wants to further marginalized muslims of india and mind you there are 200 million muslims in india um and the regime is doing so by passing various laws that will um see the incarceration of muslims go up be it through triple talaq um uh, ordinance um where a muslim man could be sent to jail um for um f- for believing this um or for uh practicing um this ancient um islamic ritual of triple talaq i i, I don't want to go into it you can perhaps research or read about it um but on the other hand you have these ultra nationalist um far right groups on the ground who are lynching muslim men on a regular basis you have these horrific videos coming out of india one need not look far you can just go on twitter and you can search the brutality that these men um show they have no remorse they film themselves lynching muslims um they somehow feel proud of it and i've read these articles which argue that these men these ultra nationalist right wing um fascist men film film themselves lynching muslims because those videos garner attention um from the majority community of india and these people then get elevated to a position of power um even even um when there are arrest um um thousands of people show up to protest against um arresting these um men who lynch muslims um or if they get arrested um they get bailed really quickly they come out of um um jail really quickly and then there are thousands of people welcoming them um now you can imagine the amount of radicalization that has gone into creating this sort of hatred 
um, amongst the majority community of India towards Muslims of India. And so this is the premise, right? So there is a lot of hatred um, in India at the moment. Um, and there is no doubt that Muslims are being persecuted. And there are thousands of videos, there are hundreds of articles written about it. Um, but yesterday was the worst day for me. I was, I was having, like, it was a normal day. I, I live in Sydney. I'm blessed um, to have been born in Australia and grew up in Australia. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. Uh, but yesterday, I was just scrolling through my Twitter timeline and this suddenly this video came in front of me and I saw these men in uniforms. Um, I'm sorry, it's just going to take a minute. So I saw these men in uniform in India uh, in the state of Assam um, literally shooting this man at point blank range in his chest and when this man falls down to the ground this photojournalist this photojournalist comes out of nowhere and he jumps on the dead body of this man who's already fallen to the ground. He does not just jump once. He jumps on him multiple times. Hitting him, hitting this dead body so many times. And the rage this, this photojournalist showed towards this dead body of a Muslim, the hate in his eyes, and all this happening while the police is present. The police doesn't arrest him. They try to take him away from the dead body. He returns, he repeats the same thing. He kicks the dead body, he punches the dead body, he jumps on the dead body. Then finally, police manages to move him, move him away from the dead body and the video cuts out. This is a very short clip. It's on Twitter. And then what followed was an outrage, primarily by Muslims of India on Twitter. And there were few members of the majority community of India who protested um, against this brutality. But what was even more shocking was there were hardly any, any political leaders who issued statements and in those statements, they acknowledged that this man was brutally murdered because of who he was. There were issues. I don't want to name names, but there were there was even a um, sort of a Muslim leader from 
one of the national parties in India. He issued a statement, obviously in Hindi, and then he called the man who was killed as a ruler, rural man um, or a villager. He did not even acknowledge that this man who was killed by the police and then his dead body was desecrated by this photojournalist was a Muslim. Not the photojournalist. Photojournalist obviously belonged to the majority community of India, but the deceased was a photojournalist. And what was even shocking was there was no outrage from there was no outrage from the Muslim members of parliament from that from that state until today. Like I saw a few tweets here and there today, and then there was one of there was a tweet or there were a couple of tweets from these parliamentarians from Assam today saying what happened was wrong, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But these these condemnations were so lame. Um, like a, a lot of these people with power, they they seemed hell bent on leaving out the part where this man was Muslim, and I am I'm still like I'm still shocked with what I saw the brutality, um, and 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 Bollywood like. So when Black Lives Matter happened with regards to George Floyd in the United States, there was a lot of condemnation against police brutality, and rightly so. And the Bollywood celebrities also chimed in. They tweeted, hashtag Black Lives Matter. But yesterday, none of these Bollywood celebrities um, said a word, not a word not a word. And this is just mind-boggling to me. This is just mind-numbing. And in addition, so while I'm still um, recovering from what I saw, then I also read articles that in another state in India, which is Uttar Pradesh, um, there was this Muslim religious scholar arrested because he was preaching his religion and apparently or allegedly the charges against him are that he um, preached to people about um, the fruits of paradise um, and the fire of hell and he was arrested because he was preaching his religion or stating his faith out loud and again there was little to no condemnation from the mainstream political parties against these arrests. Um, and and this, I don't even know what to say. Like, honestly, I'm just having a conversation. And trust me, I have not written anything. I have not prepared anything for this podcast. I'm just talking whatever comes to my mind. Um, and and um and there was another sad little thing that i noticed there was a lot of um th- there were a lot of tweets 
that were coming out of India tagging all these international organizations like the United Nations, UNHCR, um, the President of the United States. Um, but nobody, nobody from outside of India, like n- nobody who has the power from outside of India said anything about it. And and this is not the first time these kind of videos have come out of India. In fact, like I mentioned very early on in this podcast, these videos now appear to be a recurring um, theme from India where Muslim men, especially Muslim men, are lynched by these ultra-nationalist, right-wing, fascist men from the majority community of India. And a lot of people dismiss it by saying, oh, it must be the fringe element. Unfortunately, no, I do not believe these are fringe elements. I strongly, I strongly believe that the Indian society has been radicalized to a point, uh, by Indian society, I mean the Indian majority community, has been radicalized to a point where they don't even feel sad for these lynchings where they don't even feel sad for these lynchings. And um, and like I said, this is very emotional for me because my parents grew up in India, although they left India a while ago. Um, but it's just, it's just really, really sad to see what was once called, quote-unquote, world's largest democracy has now become this this regime where muslim where muslims are persecuted on a daily basis and not only muslims um in fact the sikh farmers have been protesting against crony capitalism in india for months now and the government hasn't done anything about it um, the go- the government of India or the right wing ultra nationalist fascist government of India passed these laws that will jeopardize the living of Indian farmers, and the Sikh farmers from India in India have been protesting for months, and nothing has happened. In fact, the Indian media, which is broadly a group of again, ultra-nationalist people have branded all these farmers as separatist. And Indian media plays a huge role in demonizing and marginalization of these minorities. Indian media played a crucial role in demonizing Muslims every day. It still continues to do it it still does it. In fact, some of the tweets or some of the articles that have been written about this particular man who was shot in a Sam and whose dead body was desecrated by a photojournalist nonetheless, the, the news articles around this incident called it clashes between police and the man. And then they used the word, quote-unquote, thrashing so apparently according to indian media shooting somebody at point blank range is thrashing 
Now, I, I look, I don't even know what to say. This is just horrible. And in my previous podcast as well, I talked about the conditions in India. Um, and I don't know what, what Muslims of India should do. They have been used as vote banks over the years by one of the so-called, quote-unquote, secular national parties, um, which is Congress. Um, but even during Congress's rule, um, there were pogroms and massacres of Muslims. Um, and in New Delhi, um, there is a, quote-unquote, secular government in power, um, which is called Ahmadmi Party. Um, or ARP for short. Um, and that government completely looked the other way when Delhi pogrom against Muslim Muslims um, was conducted in 2020 by the radicalized majority community of India. Look, I, I don't know what the solution is. I just wanted to talk about what's happening in India the situation looks really bad. It looks really dire for Muslims of India. Um, there is nobody safe. Um, police constable, a Muslim police constable in UP was suspended because he grew a beard. Whereas the Prime Minister of India himself has a beard. And then in the state of West Bengal in India... More than a thousand girls who had applied um, for civil services, or uh, I think they have this um, entrance exam for civil services in West Bengal. Um, so more than more than a thousand Muslim girls were rejected because they wore hijab in their pictures. So their applications were rejected, and in in Kerala. Um, there is this increasing um, rhetoric around Muslims of Kerala. And then there was this incident that happened in Ajmer, Rajasthan, where this poor beggar, who happened to be a Muslim man, was beaten for simply being Muslim and was then asked by these goons to go to Pakistan this now seems to be the new reality of Muslims of India. But let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. I don't think India has ever been heaven, uh, has been a heaven for Muslims. Um, not if you read the history of India. Um, although the, the, the Western countries um, or the Indian government itself would want you to believe that India has been this heaven for Muslims, which is absolutely not true. India has been persecuting Muslims since it became an independent country. Even today, if you look at what they're doing in Kashmir, um, the situation of Kashmiri Muslims who live in Kashmir is really dire. Um, there are mass atrocities or alleged mass atrocities committed against Muslims of Kashmir in Kashmir by the Indian state apparatus. And and I think the world needs to come together and we need to do a better job in ensuring that human rights are upheld in every corner of the world. This is this is just 
this is beyond. I I don't know what to say. Like there are atrocities taking place across the globe, and the United Nations, the United Nations Security Council, just is not able to do anything, and it's just weird. It's just weird. I think we all need to come together and talk about it. We just have to talk about it.